Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. There's the bell that calls class to order, Quiz Kids, and let's have your attention for question number one. Two American poets, John and James, have middle names which might remind you of spring. Who are they? Well, if you're up on American literature, you're going to have no trouble at all answering that question, friends. And let's find out if your answer checks with those we get from the youngsters here in school. And here they are, the quiz kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another read and write and arithmetic session here in radio's classroom of the air. Well, say the old Alka-Seltzer question box is bulging with interesting questions. As usual, the quiz kids haven't seen any of these puzzlers, and they don't even know what subjects will come up for discussion. But we'll all find out as soon as roll call is over. Are you ready, children? Here we go. Patrick? I'm Patrick Owen Conlon. I'm 11 years old and in 7A at the Fort Dearborn School in Chicago. Lonnie? I'm Lonnie Lundy. I'm 13 years old and in the 8th grade at Lincoln School in Park Ridge, Illinois. Little Melvin? I'm Melvin Miles. I'm five years old. I go to kindergarten in Norwood Park School. And returning to school, Gurry. Hi, I'm Gurry Rose. I'm 11 years old and go to seventh grade in the McClure School of Western Springs, Illinois. And we're happy to welcome a brand new quiz kid, Vance. I'm Vance Norm. I am 13 years old and go to Bishop Quarter Junior Military Academy in Oak Park. I'm in eighth grade. All right, now let's clear up that first question from Mrs. Elizabeth Schaefer of San Diego, California. Two American poets, John and James, have middle names which might remind you of spring. Who are they? And we have two hands up. Patrick's hand was up first. All right, Pat. Well, one is John Greenleaf Whittier, and another one might be James Fenimore Cooper. I think there's a uh, type of a tree that has a Fenimore Oh, well, now, Leaf that's a very good answer. I hadn't thought of that. Lonnie, what were you thinking? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure, but James Fenimore Cooper wasn't essentially a poet. He was, uh, a, uh, he was a uh, author. He wrote novels. All right, well, that's fine, well, but you had Maybe to... James Whitcomb Riley. Whitcomb, oh, I get it, yes, uh-huh. Well, both of those were very good. I was thinking of James Russell, uh, you know, Russell Spring uh, Lowell. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all right, kids, 100%, yeah. And that means that Mrs. Elizabeth Schaefer of San Diego, California, gets a fine Zenith portable ra- shortwave radio for sending in that question. One of these dandy portables in a handy luggage case is always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the quiz kids answer your question correctly. If they miss, Alka-Seltzer sends you a big Zenith radio phonograph combination with two Cobra tone arms, one for long-playing records and one for regular records. Either Zenith radio is a real prize. So send your questions along, folks. Send them to Quiz Kids Chicago. While working a crossword puzzle, Vivian Wren of Roseburg, Oregon, ran across a lot of little people. First of all, there was the little giant. Who was he? Lonnie? Stephen A. Douglas. That's right, correct. Uh Uh-huh. All right, who was little John? Vance? Uh, Little John, that was with, in uh, in Robin Hood. That was uh, one of the characters in, uh, that was uh, Robin Hood's... uh, Helper, or That's right, yeah, a friend of Robin Hood's, uh-huh. But he was, and, 
pretty, he was pretty big. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> and uh, last of all, who was the little corporal? Patrick. Well, that was Napoleon. Napoleon Bonaparte, mm. right. Uh-huh. Well, say, we're just scooting right along. I noticed uh, that you quiz kids were featured in the Comic Weekly uh, Club Corner in today's issue of Puck that came with my Sunday paper. And since you were trying to uh, stump the other members of the Comic Weekly Club on geography, it seems only turnabout that I try to stump you today on the same subject. This geography question from Mrs. Donald Robertson of Whitewater, Canada. Now, what is the difference between departments and provinces in France? And can you name at least four provinces? Vance? Well, the differences between provinces are that uh, provinces are used uh, mostly as a division of states. And in the, in the old days, they had a, a duke or a duchess that uh, govern the provinces. Uh-huh. And, uh, po and the departments are used mostly as uh, postal districts. They have, um, like when you're writing a letter, you put uh, a department, like uh, the department I lived in in France was uh, Merth and Moselle. So uh, they'd know where to, which department to send that to in the name of the town. And there are, uh, for example, there's Merth and Moselle, uh, the Seine, the Seine and Oise, uh, in the Vosges, uh -huh. and all all sorts, and some of the provinces are Lorraine, Bourgogne, yeah. Alsace, and uh -huh. Normandy. That's a few of them. Uh huh. Well, that's fine. That's very, very good, Vance. Thank you a lot. <laughs> you know, it won't be long before many boys and girls will be leaving for their vacation camps. Mrs. Ann Moran of Danbury, uh, Connecticut feels that uh, just as important as having an ideal camp with modern equipment is the choosing of a capable leader. Now, keeping this in mind, she wonders whether you children would like to have these characters for uh, camp leaders. First, what about Dr. Livesey? How would you like him as a leader? Patrick? Well, he was in uh, Treasure Island and a friend right. of Jim Hawkins, and he's a very nice man. I ah. would like him for a leader. He'd make a good leader, wouldn't mm -hmm. he? Uh-huh. Well, how about Mr. Creakle? Mr. Creakle. Patrick? Well, I think he was in a Dickens story. Yeah. If I remember right, what he was... What story was it, Pat? Uh, David Copperfield, call? I think. That's right, David Copperfield. And uh, he was a teacher. He was a teacher. And, uh, and... he was very mean. Yes. So I wouldn't uh, no. particularly care for him. That's right, yeah. Camp <laughs> leader. Oh, naturally, yeah. Well, how about Streamer Kelly? Uh, Melvin? Oh, well, uh, I think that he was in the comics, and he was a fireman, and every fireman, I think, has to know... Uh, first aid, so he would be very good, and then he saved a lot of people. Yes. And, uh, you think he'd make a good leader, huh? Yes, and then he uh, was very, very nice. He's got a good name there, too, hasn't he, huh? Yes. Kelly, yes. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week takes us into one of the most enjoyable holidays of the season, so Bob Murphy would like to remind you that... There are only five more days before the start of the big Decoration Day weekend, friends. So buy that extra package of Alka-Seltzer now and take it with you wherever you go. If you're taking a holiday trip in the car, you never know when someone in the party may get a headache or have an acid indigestion upset. It may be late at night when it happens, or you may be a long way from a drugstore. But you can have fast relief right at hand with that extra package of Alka-Seltzer in your car. 
And when it's so easy to take it along, so easy to be prepared for such an emergency, why take a chance on letting a thing like a headache or an acid stomach upset ruin your pleasure? Alka-Seltzer can have you feeling ship-shape again and in a hurry, too. So remember, folks, when you go to your drugstore for Alka-Seltzer, make it two packages instead of one. Keep one at home, as usual, and take the other package with you wherever you go. Yes, an extra package in the car can act just like a spare. You may not need to use it, but it's wise to have it there. All right, kids, back to questions. Miss Frances C. Reppus of Spearfist, South Dakota, who is a baseball fan herself, has noticed that some of the major league teams have not always had the same names. Now, I'm going to give you the old name, and you are to identify the team as it is known today. What team in the National League was at one time known as the Colts? Lonnie? The Chicago Cubs. The Chicago Cubs. They were called the Colts shortly before the turn of the century under uh, Adrian Anson. Ah, that's right. Anson's Colts, uh-huh. And, uh, Gurry, you had your hand almost up as fast as Lonnie. Were you going to say the same yeah. thing? Attaboy. They were also called the oh. uh, Broncos, too. Uh-huh. Now, how, what team in the American League was uh, once called the Nationals? Lonnie? The Washington uh, American League team. As a matter of fact, I think the Nationals is still their official name, but they're either known as the Senators or the Nats in most places That's today. That's right, yeah, the Washington Senators. Uh, now, can anyone tell me why the Giants are uh, really called the Giants? Why? Patrick? Well, uh, their uh, manager for a great many years, John McGraw, was nicknamed the Little Giant. So I think that would have to uh, come into it. Well, it might mind at that. Uh, Gary, you had your hand up. What were you going to well, say? Well, I was going to say practically the same thing about oh. because uh, their their manager, who was their manager for so long, John McGraw, was uh-huh. uh, the, their, the best leader they've ever had. Uh-huh. All right. And Lonnie? Well, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure of the reason. I'm not sure whether that's right or wrong, but I'm quite sure that they were called the Giants when uh, John McGraw was still at Baltimore before 1900. From well, 1996. Uh, the, uh, the reason uh, that they're called the Giants is because the, the very first team was made up of very tall men. So it's quite obvious why they should call them the Giants. All right, uh, Mr. Eric Johnson of Cincinnati, Ohio, would like to try you quiz kids out on some pretty tough spelling words. All right, the first word is silhouette. Gurry? S-I-L-H-O-U-E-T-T-E. Very good. Very good. Now then, try phosphorescence. Gurry? P-H-O-S-P-H-O-R-E-S-C-E-N-C-E. Oh, boy, say, that's really a dandy, isn't it? Uh-huh. And last, uh, rendezvous. Lonnie. R-E-N-D-E-Z-V-O-U-S. <laughs> Very good. Well, say, good spellers, believe you me. Those really were very tough words. Now, kids, this music question comes from Mrs. K. Hoffman of Los Angeles, California. <laughs> We've got a little tiny quiz kid here in the audience just having a big old time. I'm going to give you the key signature and read to you the notes from the first couple bars of some musical compositions. And then you are to identify the composition and sing or hum the first few bars, if you can, And then I will check with Howard Peterson at the organ to see if you're right. All right, now, the first is in uh, five flats, 
and opens with F down to D. Uh, Lonnie? That's uh, Tchaikovsky's uh, Concerto Number 1 in B-flat minor. That's, and, uh, uh, well, uh, can you hum that? Uh, oh. Coming more than I gave you. Let's check uh, Howard. Let's check. Is that right, Howard? <laughs> All right. Fine. Now, uh, on this next one, your key is in one flat, and it opens with uh, D down to C sharp, up to F. Repeat the F. Lonnie? That's a. Uh... Franks, the opening bars to Franks Symphony in D minor. That's what it is, uh, Howard. Uh huh. Very, very good. Now this one. <laughs> this one is in one sharp, and opens with E, down to B. To D, down to C. Lonnie? That's Scheherazade by Rimsky Korsakoff. All right, hum. Mm -hmm. Howard? Well, now, Lonnie, that was all right, believe you me. Yes, sir. Especially on that first one when I only gave you about two notes there or something like that. And his hand was up right away. Mrs. Betty McGee of Margate, New Jersey sends in this question, kids. If your mother and daddy gave you the privilege of naming a baby sister or brother using only the names of flowers, what are some of the names you could choose from? Vance? Well, I think Rose would be a pretty name. For a baby sister, uh-huh. Certainly would be. And Patrick? Uh, Daisy, Pansy. Daisy, Pansy. It may not be so good, but that's well, about the... Yeah. <laughs> that's a limited choice you got yeah, there. Yeah, their names are. Right. gardenias or... Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. And, uh, Lonnie? Maybe, uh, Primrose or Hortense. <laughs> Hortense, uh, Yeah, that's a doozer. And, uh, <clears throat> Melvin? Well, uh, I, uh think that if it would have a sweet breath, I think every baby does so. It could be uh, named Baby Breath. Baby Breath, that's good. How do you like that? Isn't that cute? <laughs> yes, sir. Melvin knows, too, because you've got a little baby brother, haven't you? Yes, I have. You betcha. Well, all right, I guess we've got enough names here so we can go on to some more uh, questions. The, uh, month of weddings is just around the corner, and according to Mrs. Betty Heber of Milton, Pennsylvania, Shakespeare was very fond of double weddings. Now, I'm going to name one of the couples in the double wedding, and you are to name the other more important pair. This is extremely difficult because the characters I will name are only minor ones. You must get two out of three on this. First, Nerissa and Graciano. Patrick? Well, that was in The Merchant of Venice, yes. and the ones who married huh? were Portia and Bassanio. That's right. Very good, Patty. Uh-huh. And uh, how about Beatrice and Benedict? Patrick? Well, there was Hero and Claudius. Well, there was Hero and Claudius. And the play? And the play was Much Ado About Nothing. Much Ado About Nothing. And how about Celia and Oliver? Pat again. Well, that was Rosalind in Orlando in... Uh, as you like it. That's right, Patty. Yes, sir. 
only called for two out of three, and you gave me all three of them. Very good. H.S. Guidelson of New York is sure all you quiz kids like to ride bicycles... And he wants, to, he wants you to give at least three expressions or song titles that suggest parts of your bicycle. All right, Lana, you start. Well, uh, probably the most well-known would be on a bicycle built for two. Bicycle built for two, all right. Can we think of any others? Expressions or song titles. Pat? When you spoke to me. Spo- oh, don't tell us. Yeah, we get it. Spoke to me. Uh-huh. And Lonnie? Well, wagon wheels. Wagon wheels. Very good. Can we think of any others? Let's see. I wonder if I could think of... A path? While they're on the subject of wheels, there's wheels are rolling. For the railroad fair, they use that. That's right. Uh-huh. I, oh, I thought of one. A song. Song title. So tired. <laughs> oh. Oh, dear. Well, and now then... Uh, Here's Bob Murphy with a problem. A problem is right, Joe. It concerns two people, a car, a trip, and a headache. To solve this problem, we look ahead to Decoration Day weekend and join Jim and Molly on their way to a resort. Uh, Molly is saying... Jim, please, can't you drive a little faster? We'll never get there at this rate. Hey, just a minute ago you said I was driving too fast. Well, I thought you were. Oh, look, honey, why don't you take the wheel for a while? No, I'd rather not. I just thought Gosh, Molly, I thought we were going to have a swell time, but... Well, what is it? Don't you feel well, dear? No, and I wish we hadn't come. This is the most deserted road I've ever seen. We haven't gone through a town with a drugstore in it for hours. I have a headache, a miserable headache, and... Oh, well, I just wish we'd stayed home. Oh, is that all? Well, look, honey, you reach over in the back there and get the thermos bottle, and I'll stop the car and fix you some Alka-Seltzer. You mean you brought some Alka-Seltzer along? You bet I did. I bought two packages at the drugstore the other night, and that extra package is right here in the car. Well, there's the solution to our problem, all right. And let it be advice for you, friends. When you go to your drugstore for Alka-Seltzer, get two packages instead of one. Take that extra package of Alka-Seltzer with you next weekend. Then if acid indigestion or a headache threatens to spoil your fun, you're all set to get relief the fast, effective Alka-Seltzer way. Remember, an extra package is what you want to take along on that holiday jaunt. You know, kids, these snatches of warm weather that we've been having uh, certainly carry me back to the days when I was a kid down in Indiana and how on hot summer afternoons we'd go down to the old swimming hole. Yes, sir, nothing like a good swim on a hot summer afternoon, but sometimes uh, boys get careless, uh, even older boys like you. Uh, isn't that right, Melvin? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Mrs. A. Baxter of New York City wants you quiz kids to give some of the do's and don'ts necessary for safe swimming. Vance? Well, uh, one do is have uh, a good... Pat, excuse well, me, I call I... on Vance, but... Uh, well, I'm sorry, right. I thought you. All right. Well, you one of ahead, the, the the things would be to do is be first to check the the depth of the water because if you dive, you'd uh, you could get stuck in the mud or <laughs> or you'd rival or hurt yourself if you dived in. Yeah. And to see if the water is deep enough, too deep because there might be uh, some some snags that where you could get caught. That's right. It might be a log down there, and you could hit your head, too, when you were diving. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's very good. Now, Patrick? Well, uh, one do is uh, not have a good knowledge of it, and you've got to have a very good knowledge. And uh, don't go in after you've eaten a full meal. Oh, Because you're yes. likely to get cramps then. 
Yeah. And, uh... Well, I suppose there would be... And know some first aid, too, in case some of your... Uh, in case your friend gets and goes under and you have to get him out. That's right, sure. And Lonnie? Well, don't uh, go too far out and always stay within sight of an adult, especially if the water is unfamiliar. You, you might, there might be a, a hole or something, or there might be something out there that you could uh, trip on maybe and hit your head, and if, if you're out of sight, you'd just be out of luck. You bet. You certainly would. And Gurry? Well, well uh, you should... I don't think you should uh, go in any strange stream unless it has been tested because it might be polluted or there might be some other dangers such as undertows and stuff like that that uh, you could get hurt in. That's right, yeah. That's a very good angle to remember. And uh, uh, Melvin, what do you think about this? Well, uh, and also I just uh, was thinking that little children about my age or even older should always go in with uh, their parents alongside of them in case they... Uh, fall, like Lonnie said, on a rock, and, uh, or they might even go too far, and uh, the water will come up to their nose. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And it's, it's a good thing for the, all the mothers and daddies to, to keep their eyes on the little ones that are playing yes. around the water, too. Don't you think so? Yes. Yes, sir. You bet. Well, I hope everybody remembers that now. All those different things that you kids said. Now, we're going to ask the sound effects man to help us out on this next question from Julius M. Kirch of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The following sound effects should suggest some very famous walls from history. You are to identify the walls. Now, what wall does this sound suggest? Gary? The wall of China. Well, what was he doing there? Well, he was um, rattling some dishes. Dishes, that's right. The Great Wall of China. Very good. Now, how about uh, this next one? Vance? Well, it sounds like a, a coral. Uh, the, the, the fence around a coral where they keep horses, and the w horse would be trying well, to... Are you thinking about a uh, corral? That's what you're a thinking corral, about. A corral. A uh -huh. corral. Well, uh, we're... Uh, oh, uh, in history, that's... Old. In history... Uh, walls and history. That was, uh, what made you think of a corral? What'd that sound like to you? A horse. Horse, uh-huh. Horse neighing. So that should give you kids a pretty good clue about this particular wall that I have right on my card here, right in front of me. I can see it. And you can't. Now, what is it? A horse neighing. Uh, this isn't as far-fetched as the uh, China dishes rattling. All right. You give up on this one? Well, wasn't there a wall around uh, Troy? Uh... Oh. oh, look at the hands come up, Pat. Well, uh, that was the wooden horse that came that's into right. Troy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right, the walls of Troy. Well, uh, that's, uh, that's a miss. And, uh, of course, that means that uh, Julius M. Kirch of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, will receive one of the uh, uh, Zenith, big Zenith uh, radio... Uh, combinations for uh, stumping you kids. Now, uh, Mrs. Fred B. Rose of Kansas City, Missouri, wants you to pretend that three children are having a musical race and they're all playing the same piece and start at the same time, but each child plays in a different tempo. One plays Largo, one plays Allegro, and one plays Poco a Poco. Now, I want to know who finished first, second, and third. Lonnie? 
Allegro would finish first. First is Largo right. would finish. Uh, what would finish second? Largo would finish last, and uh, the Poco a Poco would finish second. I said that right, Poco a Poco, didn't yeah. I? Yeah. All right, fine. That's uh, that's correct. Uh huh. Mrs. J. K. Carlson of this city thinks it would be pretty nice to get just about anything we wished for. Can you kids name any stories in which someone wishes for something and had the wish come true, Gurry? Well, in uh, Cinderella, uh, she wished uh, that she could be at this uh, ball where her sisters had gone, and uh, so her fa- fairy godmother came and, and uh, got her a coach and uh, horses and everything, and... and uh, Real beautiful dress and, and uh, t- went to the ball. Uh-huh. So her wish came true. That's right. And Lonnie? Well, uh, in the, the Golden Touch, King Midas uh, was uh, made a wish that he, that he might have the uh, Golden Touch so everything that he touched would turn to gold. And uh, he, was, he, he got the Golden Touch, but uh, later he wished that he might uh, never see any more gold because he had... He couldn't eat, and he had turned his daughter into a golden statue, and everything around the house was golden, and it didn't look so beautiful anymore. So he also got that wish back again. Yeah, and he had quite a time there, didn't he, huh? And, uh, Patrick? Well, Snow White wished her prince would come, and Pinocchio wished he'd be a real live boy. Yes, that's right. And Melvin? Well, uh, I think in The Fisherman's and his wife, I think uh, Isabel, which was the fisherman's wife... Uh, wish that you'd have a nicer house. Uh-huh. And, and her wish came true. Yes. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. But then finally it didn't because she wished... She, and then finally she wanted to make the sun rise. Yes. In the uh-huh. end, it never came true. No, I should say not. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, uh, kids. Uh, now, Mrs. Pearl M. Alder of Burlington, Oklahoma, has a pretty serious problem here. She says that it's only human nature to get mad and to get rid of their anger. Lots of people uh, blow off steam, and they say things they never really mean to. But instead of blowing your top, what could uh, you do to get rid of anger? What would you suggest, uh, Vance? Well, uh, uh, a good thing to suggest would be uh, uh, every time you... Uh you you were gonna you 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 gonna, you blew your top. You could uh, you'd think of saying a, a bad word. You could uh, pretend there was somebody that was gonna give you a, a dollar if you didn't say the bad word. And if you thought thought that enough times, you, you whenever you got angry, you could uh, you could uh, overcome that anger. Uh-huh. Sort of a silver touch there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, Patty. Well, uh, sometimes it was very bad. You could leave the room and go into another room and talk to the wall or something. Yes, you could and, do uh, that. And then come out and be nice, just as pleasant as ever, or else you could count to ten. A lot of people do that. <laughs> yes, uh-huh. Yeah, and Lonnie, what were you going to say? I was going to say that the common method was to count to ten. Oh, uh, fine. And Melvin? Well, uh, one thing, I think you could just uh, talk those those ways, uh, talk in your head like that. It says... Uh, Dot dash or something like that, and then a dagger. I think you could do it that way. Morse code, like. (laughs) 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 Yes, sir. Well, you all heard the old school bell, children. It's time now to ask the judges who won this afternoon, and we'll give them a moment to add up the scores. While we're waiting for their decision, here's an important message. At 7, at 12, at 6. Meal time in America and vitamin time. 
Yes, put that one-a-day brand multiple vitamin bottle on the table and see to it that every member of your family takes a one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsule. Don't take chances, friends. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. So don't take chances that your daily diet is short on essential vitamins. Be on the safe side. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. Sixty capsules, only two dollars. Remember, mealtime is vitamin time. Take one-a-day brand multiple vitamin capsules. All right now, quiz kids, I'm ready to read your report cards. Keep in mind that your age is taken into consideration as well as the number of correct answers you gave in determining your score. And whether you win or lose, you will each receive a $100 savings bond from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to help you with your future education. Let's see. As a class, you missed uh, one question today. Lonnie was first. Patrick second, and Vance and Gurry tied for third. So you four will report to class next Sunday, along with little Brenda Liebling, age four. And we hope all you folks listening in will be with us, too. Yes, we'd like to mark all you present and on time next Sunday. And now this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and listen to Alka-Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. 